when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Good morning on this Christmas Eve. It's John Paul McNamara in for Patricia Messenger right through until one with this Christmas Eve edition of Cork Today. And shortly we'll be looking back at Christmases gone by, the traditions in your households, maybe just in general across Cork. What are your favourite Christmas memories and what did you do when you were growing up that you've brought into your lifestyle today on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day and in St. Stephen's Day? We'll be discussing that shortly with well-known local author Alice Taylor on the programme also we're going to hear about the Gold Mile events which are taking place across Cork tomorrow a lot of them across the Cork area we'll check in with those and we'll be checking in with Cork Airport a busy time for the airport a lot of people coming back home to Cork for Christmas and also later on tonight the airport are extra busy because their radar system there will be checking in and making sure the skies are clear for Santa and the reindeers to make way and land in so many houses across the Cork area. So we'll be checking in that everything is okay for that later with Cork Airport. And also, we're going to be hearing from people who have flown into Cork Airport over the last while as they return home to Cork for Christmas. We're also going to take into the streets of Cork and we're going to hear about what makes this time of the year so magical for everybody here in Cork and indeed your requests from people listening online in various count- countries across the world uh, who may be listening on the C103 app or indeed on C103.ie if you are listening to us on our services online somewhere across the world and you want to wish somebody here in Cork Happy Christmas you can do that if you're local here you can do it as usual 1850 you can text or whatsapp 0862 or indeed email jp at c103.ie and across the last number of weeks we've been asking you for your favourite Christmas carols and hymns these are the songs you don't hear that much on the radio and we'll be playing your favourites that you've been texting in emailing ringing us and posting us over the last I would say nearly three weeks at this stage uh, various Christmas carols as I said you don't hear them every day on the radio we'll play as much as we can of those between now and one and we'll be keeping you up to date with various events taking place across Cork over the Christmas period from the likes of the Gold Mile the Rin Boys Road St Stephen's Day Christmas Swims and all of that we'll keep you up to date on as many of those as we can between now and one as well This is the Cork Today replay on C103 
Uh, but every Christmas Eve, we always have a chat with well-known local author Alice Taylor about uh, Christmases gone by, remembering and reminiscing about Christmases that we all grew up on. And Alice joins me as usual on this Christmas Eve. Good morning to you, Alice. Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us on, on this Christmas Eve. And great to have you along because I know I just spoke to you there off air. One of the great traditions you have on Christmas Eve is lighting the candles in your window. That's right, and I'll have them lighting when you're passing this evening, John Paul. You always do, you always do, in <laughs> fairness to you. And it's something that you've done for how many years are you doing that? Because everybody that knows in a Shannon will, might not know your house, but they'll always know the house that has all the candles lighting on every single window. I've done it since I've come to Shannon. I think, I, for years and years and years. But Because to me, the, the Christmas candle is symbolic of Christmas. You know, it's the light of Christmas. And I think Christmas brings a light into our lives. You know, that's yeah. what I love about Christmas, I think. <clears throat> These couple of days, there's this kind of a sanctity about them. And I think it, it kind of flows and everybody feels, you know, more helpful. You know, just kind of a, a, rand, a random act of kindness era-like, isn't it, all over Christmas. Yeah, people are more giving around this time of the year yeah, than they yeah, are other years. more considerate. Yeah. Yeah, which is, it's a lovely thing really, isn't it? It is. It's a pity maybe we don't do it all year round, but it is nice that at least there's more of it at this time of the year. And yes. mentioning the candles there, Alice, when we uh, were saying about people, what they remember about growing up, one thing is lighting the candle on Christmas Eve or around Christmas Eve. And it was always the youngest member of the household would light the candle. Maria just texted in there earlier, remembering that. Is that something that you remember from your oh, childhood yeah. growing up? Yeah, we never had uh, the Christmas supper until, which was a big thing, really, like having the Christmas supper on Christmas Eve. In a way, like John Paul, Christmas Eve was, was, was almost as big as Christmas Day hmm. growing up. And I, I kind of still feel that. And uh, I, the light of the candle, we all gathered round. And my mother had holy water. And she blessed us all with holy water. And this, funny, it was my father lit the candle. I think he was afraid to forgive it. The young ones said they'd burn down the house or something. <laughs> but uh, and my mother blessed us with holy water, and and that was the opening the door into Christmas. So I think that that the candle to me is very symbolic, you know. And I love to see uh, candles right light around Christmas. I know candles are very fashionable now, but there's something sort of uh, special about the Christmas candle because I took the ones lighting on the windows here now, but inside in the house. Uh, in the hallway, we would have the 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 Christmas candle, and we'd whichever one of them are around, we'd all gather, and I still have the tradition of the holy water like my mother had, and lighted the candle. And to me, that's I don't know. There's something very special about it. I think you remember the people who lit, who who were there down through the years, and I there's almost a sort of a gathering of the past and the present. Yeah, coming together as you light the candle. Uh, coming together, yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And speaking of light there, and I know it's something that everybody will comment on on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. is whether you're going to Mass or service or whatever people are doing on Christmas yeah. Eve, if it's a clear night, which it is supposed to be in some parts of Cork this evening, yeah. looking up at the skies and if the stars are shining, that light 
from the sky, from the moon and from the stars. Something magical about that yeah, on Christmas is. Eve, isn't there? I know, I know it's the same every year round. It could be the middle of the summer and you still yeah. have stars and the moon. Yeah. But on Christmas Eve, it is magical. We're more conscious of it, aren't we? Probably we are, yeah. yeah and everything are. is quieter. People aren't rushing around yeah. on a Christmas and, Eve. Uh, well, you know, in the Shannon village now, it's non-stop traffic. Yeah. But on Christmas night, you know, we have late mass. And uh, I love the late mass uh, on Christmas night. It isn't midnight mass. It's a 10, but it's almost midnight by the time we come out. <laughs> and um, then after mass, um, our soloist sings a holy night. And I think, God, you know, that you could hear the pin drop in the church. And there's something, you know, very special about it. And then we all come out and we have life-size crib just outside the church in Nishana. We have, we have, we've had it only for a couple of years now. So, but it's lovely and it's lit up and the children love the crib, you know. The first evening we put it up, and when they because the school car park and the church car park are the same car park, and when the children come come out of the car, God, they all make a beeline for the crib. They love looking in at it, and we kind of gather around the crib after mass, and uh, then we come down the hill because I live at the bottom of the hill, mm. and the village is quiet. It's for, it's quiet, and there's, it's just miraculous the quietness of. And some nights I'd walk over to the bridge and look in at the river, and there's something a stillness about Christmas night. I don't know if you say John Paul is probably the same, but we're more, it's more, we're more conscious of it, and that's wonderful about Christmas. I think we're we're sort of more conscious of of, of everything at Christmas. Yeah, I suppose it's because people are, apart from reflecting of the year that has gone by, people are returning home to their families. Yeah. No one really, uh, even though people are working Christmas Day, especially in the emergency services, uh, people still realise it is Christmas it Day. Is so Christmas. Th- the rush isn't on as it usually would be. So yeah. people are able to sit back, relax and appreciate what's around us. So maybe maybe that is it. Also, if you look at the story of Christmas and everybody g- going around to the stables and Bethlehem and, and that particular story in the star in the sky, that's, we grew up in school with that, whatever people say about religion and everything else like that yeah, it was still yeah. taught to us all in yeah, school you know it's so still, it's in our heads it's in, you know, it's in our yes in our psyche yeah it is and I, yeah I find the crib now I've, that's the first thing I do for Christmas I put up the crib and uh, I think over the years you know the way you, you accumulate um, bits and pieces mm. and I have this idea that you know, the crib should be full of birds and animals. And I think that the crib that the human world, in, in, in a way, rejected at the time, I think the natural and the animal world were there. You know, if you think of the significance of the sheep and the shepherds and the angels, it's it's a kind of a, a, a connection between heaven and earth, isn't it? Yeah, it's like they join together around Christmas yeah, Eve Yeah, I or think something. they join together yeah. and I think we all feel it. And I think this is a great comforting thought for people who are bereaved at Christmas because if you've lost somebody during the year, people dread Christmas. And in a way, Christmas isn't as tough as you think it's going to be because my husband died on the, the 27th of November and we were I remember thinking, oh my God, Christmas will kill us. It didn't. There was something about Christmas where heaven drew nearer and Christmas carries you, you know, with the, 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 the church and the mass and the, the feeling of connectedness just to the otherworldliness of us. So I think there's something very sacred about this time of the year, which is wonderful. You know, I think there's a connectedness between nature and man and human and divine, whatever you perceive divine to be, that it's it's kind of all-encompassing. You know, I think, John Paul, when you think back of the war, when the Germans and, and, the, and, the, and the British soldiers, I mean, these were in the conflict area, and still out there in that dreadful, dreadful wilderness, 
they were conscious of Christmas and for that time they stopped and hostilities were suspended. And you know something? Hostilities, I think, are suspended all over the world at Christmas just for that couple of days. And isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it's great to see that. You're right, it does phase out and disappear just for those few just days. But, those but it's like the act of kindness we spoke about earlier. Yeah. It does come to fruition on Christmas Eve and it, it might be only a short while, but oh, it's nice to see it all the yeah, same. it's better than it's not happening at all. Isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I mentioned there about the crib, a lot of people uh, reminiscing about the fact that they used to take the straw from the crib in but, the church where they were growing up, something we all did. Yeah, that's an old tradition. Yeah. I've taken the straw out of the crib and uh, yeah, fully, it still it still happens, you know. It I does. Think. Oh yeah, I mean tonight I'll be, you were mentioning Inish Shannon there, I'll hopefully, I'm, we're in our Mala studio this morning with the show, so I'll be heading home to West Cork later and I'll be attending band and mass, one of them anyway this evening and that will be the thing, you will see people surrounding the crib and they'll be taking the straw from the crib and that will happen in churches right across Cork and it's great to see that as well. It, I'm not too sure the, thing, to the church mind or not but yeah. I know people will take straw from the crib and bring it home to their own or bring it home to their house. And it's a lovely, a lovely thing because in our outdoor crib now here outside the church, um, a local farmer, Penny Sweeten, brings a bag, of, a big bag of straw when we put it up, and we put it in. And Marie, then who does the crib inside in the church, she said to me, "Can I, can I, can I take some of your straw?" Oh, I said, "You're more than welcome." So the straw, we we're not prepared to settle for artificial. We really need the real straw, don't we? Yeah, I think you do. I'm not too sure. Do many still bring in the real straw? I presume they do, but most churches as you mentioned, we'll have somebody local who holds that's on right. to straw and brings in. We're I think not, that still not, happens. Yeah, we're not far from straw in Ireland. No, <laughs> we have enough of it anyway. Even though there was a bit of a, a lack of it there maybe this year for a while, but I think it, it is but safe to say it's they, there. They still come good for the crib. They do. They come good for the crib indeed. Uh, growing up in Newmarket, so that, that's where you grew up yourself in the Newmarket yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Day, what was that like in your house? Was it crazy? Because some people are texting in here, uh, Jessica saying, oh, oh, Christmas Day in our house was crazy, busy. We used to get up at 5 5.30am in the morning Jessica says uh, go to the Christmas tree and get our Christmas presents but this tradition continues on into my own house now oh, with yeah. my own children we feel we're getting up at half five and six what was it like for you growing up in Newmarket? Yeah I can remember tumbling, tumbling down the stairs to, to make a dive down to find out what you put we had got from Santa and you know sometimes it could be very practical gifts you know, because those are the times they were in it. But whatever they were, they were fantastic. And I remember playing, this was very early, of course, everybody, got, children came up, got up at five and six o'clock. But we actually walked into Mass in America then. We lived three miles from the, from the town. And a couple of us, um, two or three of us would walk into Mass because the my mother would put the goose into the oven before she went to the second Mass and there'd need to be a couple there to mind it. So we walked in and I remember walking in and thinking it, there was something lovely about the stillness of the morning. All the telly hall was calmed out there. And we walked up the long in and down the road. And um, there was lights in the windows along the valley because our house looks over the, the Kerry Mountains. And the, the, you could see the Christmas candles. And there was something lovely. And I remember, you know, after Mass then, there was a long queue for the, the, the crib. And you, you, you had a big brown penny to put it into the, the collection box in the crib. And then we walked home again. Now, sometimes you get a, a lift home from a pony and trap, some neighbour. And then when we came in, we had this tradition that we opened the Christmas ham for the breakfast 
I don't know where that came from. And um, so then we, we, my mother had the goose inside in the oven. This was the open fire, John Paul, and um, she had hot coals along along the top of the cover, and, and um, it was our job then to, to when the coals burnt out, to replace them and to kind of when we played with, with our toys. And our Christmas tree was just a branch. There was no Christmas decorations that time. So we had balloons and Christmas cards, and we redecorated it. It was up on a table. I say we redecorated it 50 times over Christmas. And... Um, so then when the rest of them came home from, from Mass, the strange tradition we had, we had the Christmas dinner with the Queen's speech. My mother, my father was a BBC man, and I can remember hearing George VI, who we were very small, and then the, the present Queen, of course, and um, then, the, of course, the Christmas dinner. My mother had, a, we had free-range geese, of course, and... Um, she made potato stuffing and you had all sorts of things, you know, that just lovely, lovely dinner. Because I suppose cooking that time, it was from, you know, from the everything we, we, we would have eaten was grown on the farm. Yeah, it was starting from scratch. Nothing was processed food like we oh, have no, today no, or, no. or purchased at a supermarket. Yeah, yeah. they talk about frock to plate now or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, we were straight out of the field onto the table. And uh, after that then, of course, we had to trifle. Funny trifle was more the thing that time than Christmas pudding. And um, I remember making the trifle the night before, my mother making the trifle with sponge and the red jelly. And um, then we played with our our toys and we got new records. We had an old gramophone that was normally up on the sideboard in the parlour and it came down into the kitchen on, on Christmas Eve morning. And we, my father always brought new records at Christmas. <coughs> And we played those records. When I think of it now, my mother and father must have been a pain in their heads non-stop. <laughs> and um, I remember John McCormack, Father Sidney McEwen, Joseph Locke, and uh, th- those were the records he brought. You know, there was no po- top of the pops that time. And we just loved them. Loved the, the, so the re- the. the Gramophone went non-stop all day. And the music, of course, while you were having the dinner and preparing the dinner brought a bit of atmosphere as yeah, well in the house. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was no music while we were having the dinner because oh. there was so much talking and laughing <laughs> and shouting and yelling and all sorts of going on. You've been drawing out the music. <laughs> yeah. uh, a texter here on WhatsApp saying, just remembering the old days there, listening to yourself and Alice, she said, when we were poor, we used to sit around the candle to heat ourselves in the cold nights. <laughs> and on the very, very cold nights, we used have to light the candle to keep ourselves warm. Merry Christmas to you all and yeah. another texter saying John Paul the candles now they're gone electric so there's more electric candles probably than there is the old fashioned candles and also uh, another different spot is the confessions before Christmas oh, are yeah. gone very slack as well and that's just I suppose maybe changing times and the way things are changing yeah, yeah. with regards to that uh, another person saying and this is something you will always agree with Alice yeah. she likes to stay at home at Christmas even though her family offer her to go to their houses oh, yeah. she loves to stay at home uh, that's something you like as well to stay oh, push and yeah. the family come to you. Yeah, they do. I think your ho- your home is where Christmas is kind of Christmas is. I couldn't imagine being anywhere else but um, here at home for Christmas. And I know now people, as you say there, people <coughs> use electric candles. And that's grand too because up the hill here now, we're up the church, a lot of people have electric candles and they look lovely. But I have this old, um, these old um, crockery jars you know, I haven't for years. 
uh, the four pound pots of jam came them years ago. And when you know, Ogilvy and, and Moore uh, closed down in Cork, I remember they were selling off stock and I bought some of those old jars and I filled them with sand and I put a big stubby candle into it. So they're very safe. Even though one of my lads constantly tell me I'm going to burn down the house before I go. But I don't think I will. <laughs> Is he worried? <laughs> Too many candles. I think if you're rare to candles, and we were all rare to candles, um, you, 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 you're very careful with them. You're very conscious. But Because if you think of it long ago, when we had... when we were, I can remember going to bed with a sconce and a candle, and I must have only been seven or eight. I mean, children were very careful with candles. And there was very few house fires as a result of candles, you know, so people took precautionary steps. But irrespective of whether electric or, 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 or the real candle, there's something lovely about a light in the window at Christmas. Yeah, and actually a few people have commented on that. And I know my own friends as well will say, even if you're on a, a night out or coming home from work late and it's dark, it's nice to come home to a light on. It's lovely. And here in the, we have a big Christmas tree here. It's right across from my house in the village. And then we light the trees in the village along the street as well. And um, funny, when you come around the corner and the, and the trees are lighted, it's lovely. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of uplifting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's nice to see that. I know in various towns, I know McCroom have a beautiful Christmas tree in Massey Town. And yes. we're driving up there. Uh, the best way is past the nightclub readers, past Mary Ann's Bar. There's a beautiful Christmas tree there uh, lit up and you maybe don't expect it in that area because you're after driving through the town with all the Christmas lights and then yeah. you come across this Christmas tree and it is something beautiful when you unexpectedly don't know that it's going to be one in the area. That's right, and yeah. every town has something like that which yeah. is very special and every group has that as well. You mentioned there about what you were eating for Christmas all those years ago. You mentioned the goose. Uh, a few people have been in touch to say and Lisa is one of them. Uh, what will Alice be cooking this year? Would she still uh, cook goose as our main Christmas dinner? No, I've been converted to turkey. (laughs) (laughs) You've gone to the turkey and ham. (laughs) I turkey and ham, yeah, and and, I'm just about to put the the ham into the the oven or to roast it. I bought it the day before Christmas Eve and then I I roast it Christmas Eve morning. John Paul, I do absolutely nothing Christmas Eve. I I get everything ready yesterday and put it all up in the back porch because I kind of feel Christmas and Christmas Day Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, um, you, you know, you, you you should be, you should have leisure. I like to have the leisure to walk up to the church and to walk out in the garden and feed the birds. To take to take it to, to just to relax and take it easy. I don't want to be swamped with, you know, when people are calling. I don't want to be peeling spuds. Yeah, or stressed <laughs> out thinking, what do I have left to do? Yeah, so I try to get it done the the day before Christmas Eve. I think I think. I think it was because when we were, when when the children were small and I was stuck and running the shop and things, Christmas Eve was chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> so now I love the peace and quiet, and I appreciate you know that 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 when they 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 all come and go like over Christmas Eve, and they all well as many as possible gather in for lighting the candle, because I like to you know to, to the, so that the children would see the candle being lit. You know, the grandchildren. Yeah. I think that's the way we pass on traditions. We, You know, if we keep doing what we've been doing, lighting the candle, the crib, I think they remember then afterwards. 
and it's something that people are saying this morning from their own childhood they're bringing that to their own families now their yeah. own uh, young children uh, a text in here is saying they're lighting the candles now early in December but we still don't light our candle until Christmas night and that's something that I'm sure that person will bring to their family as well yeah. so everybody will see the, the candle being lit for yourself Alice have you many coming to you Christmas Day family wise do they all come or, or do uh, yeah, a few come and others come later on yeah there's about six of them oh that's a big that's a big well, number two grandchildren <laughs> There's one, of them, there's one of them six and the other one is oh. two and a half. But the six-year-old, oh my God, does she love Christmas. She dances in the door here every day and she said, she looks at, when can we open the parcels? When, how many more sleeps to Christmas? It's the perfect age, isn't it? Six, five, six and seven oh, is a magical yeah, age they, for Christmas. Yeah, they, 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 they love it. They, they love the telly-ho. Yeah, and Santa and the excitement and everything of Santa arriving and hearing the updates of when Santa may be coming to Cork and the excitement then yeah. of him after dropping the presents and going to the Christmas tree the next morning, all of that. Yeah, they bring, small children bring magic into Christmas, don't they? They do, because you hear a lot of people who will say, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but they do say that they feel it's a time for children when they don't have children in their home, they miss that. Which, in the point, you can see why you would because you it is really a magical time when you have kids in and around you. Yeah, but I suppose in a way, Christmas nurtures the child within us. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. know, that, that uh, I think in a way, it's, it's not a time for... We'll never forget the story of Scrooge, will we? Um, <laughs> no. You know, it isn't a time for cynicism. It's a time for going with the with the flow of the spirituality and the loveliness of it and the you know that's why I think um, it's it's there's an as we said before there's another worldliness about it and I think it's very important to be open to that it is it is know? indeed and to visit you know the churches whatever church you visit it's it doesn't matter really all roads lead in one direction and um so I think there's a kind of universal togetherness about it, which is wonderful. And John Paul, for one couple of days, we won't hear one word about Brexit. No, we won't. Thanks be to God. Hopefully, unless something really goes wrong <laughs> tomorrow evening. <laughs> I think Theresa May and the rest of them. <laughs> I think they probably do need that in London at this stage, to be I honest. Think so, yeah. Well, we'll all pray for divine inter- <laughs> intervention. I don't know what's going to happen, but they'll, they'll certainly need a lot of that, I think, in the next few weeks there. Uh, Alice, as usual, well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your Christmas Eve to chat with us and share your memories of Christmas and a lot of people are texting in with their own memories and reminiscing with you this morning. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who is listening to us up the country in Dublin, I know there's a few people tuned this morning who were finishing up work and travelling down and I noticed people in various parts of Munster and the city as well who are from West Cork who are travelling home and the one thing is they'll drive through in a Shannon and they'll all spot your candles on the window. I'm right so, in the middle by the traffic light. Right, you can't miss the house <laughs> full of live candles lighting away in the window so uh, Alice we'll, I'll see those myself later on so it's I'll good. give you a toot of the horn when I'm passing do that I won't do too much looking now because it could be dodgy <laughs> but okay. I'll, still, I'll still toot the horn anyway so you'll know it's me going past yeah, I'll give you a wave yeah. Alice thank you for that have a fantastic Christmas the same to you indeed. enjoy it and thanks yeah. for everything by the way how is your book going uh, this year it's oh, going really well good yeah and I mean in a way like John Paul Christmas is symbolic I mean, as you know the name of the book is And Life Lights Up Life lights up at Christmas. How true, yeah, How and true. Uh, and that is for many people uh, today. And obviously, we remember those people as well who find Christmas tough yes. uh, for various reasons. Yeah. But hopefully, uh, memories like this and speaking of light lighting people up will bring a bit of light into their lives as well That's on right. this Christmas Eve and Christmas yeah. Day. So and we think of those as well. Paul, to go for a walk in a wood. 
is 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 very calming and 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 enriching at Christmas if there's a wood near you, or to walk along by a river, or to walk out into the garden, you know, or to visit your crib. There's 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 healing and stillness. Yeah, and it brings that sense of we mentioned earlier nature yeah. uh, and that magical feeling that that you get yeah. when, as you mentioned, heaven and and, and earth coming together they around Christmas Eve, uh, and you can do that with nature, and hopefully will uh, make people's lives better if they're not really in the Christmas mood uh, for the moment. Yeah. Alice, have a fantastic Christmas. I know you really enjoy it. So, yeah. to you and your family, have a great time, and I'm sure we'll chat again across 2019. I'm sure we will. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Tomorrow we'll see Gold Miles taking place across Cork. It's the 36th year of Gold Miles across Ireland and I'm joined this morning by Michael Joyce who is organiser of the Gold Mile at CIT. Good morning to you and hello to you Michael. Hello JP, how are you? I'm fine and thanks for joining us on this Christmas Eve. I suppose first of all we have a number of Gold Miles taking place here in Cork tomorrow. You're organising the one in CIT and a lot of people take part in these. They can run, they can jog or they can walk and it's about family and friends getting together for Christmas Day and organising and indeed raising funds for Gold's work. That's right. Well uh, we've been uh, organising the one at CIT in Bishop's Home uh, since the mid 1980s and uh, I personally have been involved since 1986 32 years Uh, John Walsh from Ballycotton John of course is uh, the co-organiser with myself and uh, John has put a lot of work and time into this over the years and he'll be there again this year of course and while you're organising one there in CIT, there's also another major gold mile going ahead in Donrail Park. That's in Donrail tomorrow and also in St. Catherine's GAA in Ballyno. A lot of organising goes into these particular gold miles to make sure everything goes right and that you have enough volunteers as well there for the day, especially that it's a Christmas day. Yeah, I, I think we're lucky in CIT because while we're all just volunteers, a lot of the same people turn up every year and uh, people on the spot uh, volunteer to do anything that's necessary or to help us run the event. And the Gold Mile itself, it has really become an integral part of Christmas across Cork, hasn't it? That, that, that you expect these now to just take place on Christmas Day? It has. I remember back in 1985, I was up in Dublin for Christmas and I competed in the um, Gold Mile in Belfield that year. And... Um, it was only a new event at that stage. And even when we started around that time in the mid-80s, we would get 20, 30 people maybe turn up and same faces. But now we're talking of a 1,000 people, maybe more, which is great. Uh, huge numbers, especially uh, on a Christmas mm. Day. And the money raised then, it goes to goals development of programmes overseas. And these gold miles, they actually do make a huge difference to the charities work abroad. Oh, it's huge. Uh, and people nowadays, they think of homeless people here and other charities here, but as a nation, we have a duty to help out people in less developed countries. And Goal have volunteers out in a lot of these war-torn countries and um, third-world countries, and volunteers are out there, and they need money to uh, send the volunteers out there and feed them and keep them going, and they're doing a great job, Goal. And uh, I'm glad to be part of it. 
Yeah, and you're part of it now, as you mentioned, since the 80s. That's a very, very long time, over 30 years. What makes you go back every year, get involved in this? Is it because you see firsthand the work that is carried out abroad with goal and you can see the difference that this is making by way of aid that's provided to so many countries who are, unfortunately, still in a high level of poverty? Yeah, I... um I, I just feel we've all a responsibility towards people in underdeveloped countries. And um, the goal of volunteers that are out there are doing a great job and they need support. They need support from, from home here. And uh, I'm glad to be part of that in a very small way, mind you. Well, it's a lot of organising, I'm sure. So well done to you, Michael, for what you do there in CIT. A lot of people want to know how can they take part? Is it as simple as turning up or how do you get to take part? And again, just to remind people, you can jog, walk or run. A lot of people think they're a goal mile is you must run along a track, but you can walk and jog as well at a leisurely place. So everybody well, can take well, part. Normally, our, our hours are between 10.30 in the morning until 12.30. And... Uh, maybe the the fastest mile will be under five minutes, but the slowest might be fifteen minutes. So we have a we organise a mile race every say twenty minutes. Once uh, one mile is finished, uh, we start waiting for people to come to the start line for the next one. So we probably have seven or eight races between ten thirty and twelve thirty. And yourself, do you take part in the actual goal mile? <laughs> Would you believe the last time I ran a competitive race was in uh, Christmas Day in 1985 and I picked up an injury there that propelled my uh, running career. Oh yeah? Oh God, into the road. Yeah, it's a long time ago. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I still walk it and I, I still, you know, enjoy the fresh air and I try to keep fit all the time yeah exactly and at least you're, you're taking part anyhow but organising is a big enough job yeah. so uh, Michael well done a, a good event as always and a, a real traditional event now for Christmas here um, in Cork as well thanks very much and I- life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
I'd like to wish all your listeners from 103 a, a very happy Christmas. And um, likewise to yourself, Michael, and to all there tomorrow uh, taking part in the Gold Mile. Thanks for joining us this morning and best of luck tomorrow with that particular Gold Mile in CIT and of course also at the one going ahead in Donnerell Park in Donnerell and at St. Catherine's J in Ballyno and others as well, I'm sure, uh, across the county. For the moment, Michael, thank you and best of luck tomorrow. Thanks very much. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. It's a busy year, has been a busy year for Cork Airport and indeed a busy time of the year for December. A lot of people are turning home to the airport. Let's head there and I'm joined by Kevin Cullinan, who's Head of Communications with Cork Airport. Good afternoon to you, Kevin. Good afternoon, John Paul. Uh, a busy time of the year, if people forget, even though a lot are coming home to Cork, you're providing a service for the wider southwest area. So you've seen a lot of increase in passenger numbers over the last few weeks. A huge number coming home this year in particular we're anticipating by the end of tonight we'll have uh, about 149,000 people home for Christmas uh, around the city and county and further afield you know serving the southwest and southeast quadrants of the country as the the state's second busiest international airport. Yeah are you seeing more of an increase this year is that maybe because people are finding they can get home better deals out there and maybe people are just making a bit more money uh, in the last year or so? I think yes, it's a, it's a combination of all all of those factors. The economy has been doing particularly well um, across Europe, uh, and people obviously are, are traveling from much further afield too. We've had families reuniting from Singapore and Australia, the states, Canada. So I think particularly this time of year, uh, people want to be home and experience uh, a true Irish family Christmas. So we're we're delighted to, to welcome so many home, particularly at this time of year. Now, 2018, like Kevin, a busy year for the airport. I know some airlines had so many changes over the year with ownership and that type of thing, but you added a lot of new routes to the airport, which will be seen more so of 2019. Yes, I mean, already we've had eight announcements of new routes. So by by next summer, we'll have over 50 routes served by nine scheduled airlines, and that'll bring us up to about 2.6 million passengers will go through Cork Airport next year. That'll be 8% of an increase on this year where we've had 2.4 million people using the facilities. So it's onwards and upwards at the moment, and we're delighted to see those new routes taking off and people supporting them uh, in huge numbers to maintain them as as viable options for the airlines that are offering them. And something that's very much in the news today still is the drone situation that was over Gatwick Airport. Seems to be okay now again, but is that a concern for those of you who run airports that something like this might happen in airports or you might get people who see this and and feel this is a fun thing to do? I know we have more regulation here in this country maybe and and we deal with things differently, but it must be a concern looking at what happened at Gatwick. Well, I think we were very fortunate here that the Irish Aviation Authority that governed Irish airspace... uh, foresaw this back in 2015 when they brought in the first regulations and indeed Cork Airport I think was the first airport in these islands to introduce a drone awareness campaign um, to encourage people to look up those regulations and understand that you, if you are getting a, a drone particularly there'll be a lot of them will appear under Christmas trees tomorrow morning you need to be very responsible in the use of those drones and certainly you can never use them within five kilometres of an international airport. 
Yeah, and for obvious reasons. I mean, they can cause... We saw the delays, but there's a safety aspect there as well. Uh, that could be frightening. So uh, good to know that Cork was one of the first to bring in that and maybe it can be learned for other ways in, in other places across the world. Certainly maybe learned in Gatwick. Uh, now, very importantly, Kevin, before we let you go, you're having a busy day. Bush, how are things set for tonight? Because I know there in Cork Airport, your radar system, it helps with Santa when he flies into Cork because he's checking in with you guys as he's about to land in Cork and deliver all the presents to the boys and girls. How are things running for that operation later? Well, Santa has filed his flight path for tonight. He'll be taking off from the North Pole. Uh, Because we're at the southern tip of the island of Ireland, Cork will be one of the last destinations on his trip tonight. Uh, But the skies are looking clear. Uh, We're anticipating an on-time arrival uh, just before midnight. Uh, He may even get in just before it. So it's important that people are wrapped up snug and tight early tonight. Uh, We need those sleigh bells ringing throughout the night and we'll be making sure that air traffic control here in Cork gets them to land safely on every rooftop uh, in close proximity to every child in the city and county tonight. Very good, Kevin. Well, well done on that. The big operation for you guys tonight. So best of luck. And thanks, Kevin, for all your contributions over the year from uh, Cork Airport. And Merry Christmas to you and all the staff there. And a very happy Christmas to you, JP, and all your listeners. Uh, thank you. That is Kevin Colnan, who's Head of Communications with Cork Airport. As he said, a big increase in numbers coming home this particular Christmas and a busy night tonight for them. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Uh, back to a lot of requests we have got over the morning and one of those was for Frank Kelly and his Christmas Countdown. A lot of people love this particular song, so here it is from Frank Kelly. Day one. Dear Nola, thank you very much for your lovely present of a partridge in a pear tree. We're getting the hang of feeding the partridge now, although it was difficult at first to win its confidence. It bit the mother rather badly in the hand, but they're good friends now, and we're keeping the pear tree indoors in a bucket. Thank you again. Yours affectionately, Governor O'Lunacy. Day two. Dear Nola, I cannot tell you how surprised we were to hear from you so soon again and to receive your lovely present of two turtle doves. You really are too kind. At first, the partridge was very jealous and suspicious of the doves, and they had a terrible row on the night the doves arrived. We had to send for the vet. But the birds are okay again, and the stitches is due to come out in a week or two. The vet's bill was £8, but the mother is over her annoyance now, and the doves and the partridge are watching the telly from the pear tree as I write. Yours ever, Gobnet. Day three. Dear Nola, we must be foremost in your thoughts. I had only posted my letter when the three French hens arrived. There was another sort out between the hens and the doves who sided with the partridge, and the vet had to be sent for again. The mother was raging because the bill was £16 this time, but she has almost cooled down. However, the fact that the bird's droppings keep falling down on her hair while she's watching the telly doesn't help matters. Thanking you for your kindness, I remain your governor. Day four. Dear Nola, You mustn't have received my last letter when you were sending us the four calling birds. There was pandemonium in the pear tree again last night, and the vet's bill was £32. The mother is on sedation as I write. I know you meant no harm, and remain your close friend, Gobnet. Day five. Nola, your generosity knows no bounds. Five gold rings. When the parcel arrived, I was scared stiff that it might be more birds because the smell in the living room is atrocious. However, I don't want to seem ungrateful for the beautiful rings. Your affectionate friend, Gubnet. Day six. Nola, 
What are you trying to do to us? It isn't that we don't appreciate your generosity, but the six geese have not alone nearly murdered the call and birds, but they laid their eggs on top of the vet's head from the pear tree, and his bill was £68 in cash. My mother is munching 60 grains of Valium a day and talking to herself in a most alarming way. You must keep your feelings for me in check, Governor. Day 7. Nola, we are not amused by your little joke. Seven swans a-swimming is a most romantic idea, but not in the bath of a private house. We cannot use the bathroom now because they have gone completely savage and rush the door every time we try to enter. If things go on this way, the mother and I will smell as bad as the living room carpet. Please lay off. It is not fair. Governor. Day 8. Nola, who the hell do you think gave you the right to send eight hefty maids of milk in here to eat us out of house and home? Their cattle is all over the front lawn and has trampled the hell over the mother's rose beds. The swans invaded the living room in a sneak attack, and the ensuing battle between them and the calling birds, turtle doves, French hens and partridge made the battle of the Somme seem like Wanderley Wagon. The mother is on a bottle of whiskey a day as well as the 60 grains of Valium. I'm very annoyed with you, Governor. Day 9. Listen, you louser. There's enough pandemonium in this place night and day without nine drummers drumming, while the eight flaming maids of milking is beating me poor old alcoholic mother out of her own kitchen and gobbling everything in sight. I'm warning you, you're making an enemy of me, Governor. Day 10. Listen, manure face. I hope you'll be haunted by the strains of the ten pipers piping which has sent to torment us last night. They were aided in their evil work by those maniac drummers and it wasn't a pleasant sight to look out the window and see eight hefty maids and milking pogoing round with the ensuing punk rock uproar. My mother has just finished her third bottle of whiskey on top of 124 grains of Valium. You'll get yours. Governor all lunacy. Day 11. You have scandalised my mother, your dirty Jezebel. It was bad enough to have eight maids of milk and dancing to punk music on the front lawn. But they've now been joined by your friends, the eleven lords a-leapin'. And the antics and the whole lot of them would leave the most decadent days of the Roman Empire looking like outlook. I'll get you yet, you old bag. Day 12. Listen, slurry head, you have ruined our lives. The twelve maidens dancing turned up last night and beat the living daylights out of the eight maids of milking because they found them carrying on with the eleven lords a-leaping. Meanwhile, the swans got out of the living room where they'd been hiding since the big battle and savaged hell out of the lords and all the maids. There were eight ambulances here last night and the local civil defence as well. The mother is in a home for the bewildered and I'm sitting here up to me neck and birds droppings, empty whiskey and valium bottles, birds blood and feathers where the flaming cows eats the leaves off the pear tree. I'm a broken man. Come to show lunacy. <laughs> That's Frank Kelly's Christmas Countdown at C103. A lot of requests for that this morning here on the show. It's the Christmas Eve edition of Cork Today with you until one. Uh, just another Christmas swim to mention for tomorrow is the Clonakilty Christmas swim. That's going ahead in Intradonny. It's an age of local priests for the John Kingston and that starts there at 11am tomorrow at Intradonny for the Clonakilty Christmas swim. And another request we got earlier on this week it was for the First Noel and here is the Celtic women's version of the first Noel.
across Cork City and County. This is Cork Today on C103.
Beautiful version of Silent Night. That's Josh Groban, his version at C103, the Christmas Eve edition of the Cork Today Show with you on until one on this Christmas Eve. And hi to Tom in Bantry. He says, happy Christmas to everybody in C103. And back to you, Tom. Merry Christmas. Have a great Christmas there in Bantry. And hi to John Sexton in Fair Hill. Wants to wish happy Christmas to all his family who are listening across the country. So hello to you, John, in Fair Hill. And happy Christmas to all your family as well. Now, the countdown to Christmas is is well and truly on has been for the last number of weeks yet again today though people are busy getting ready for the last bit of shopping on Christmas Eve and many people are crossing the city and county to join their loved ones family and friends and to mark the festive season but what do people here in Cork like most about Christmas well C103 News has been asking people on the streets of Cork about what makes it a magical time of the year for them it's the most wonderful time the thing I like most is just being with my family and my friends and even sitting in, like eating and drinking away, but definitely the people make it for me. And one of the great pleasures is just to stroll through the market when it's busy and, you know, it's and certainly at Christmas time when there's so much going on. The build up to it. I'm just going to join some friends now for lunch and probably will be a liquid lunch and that's all part of the fun. I like it in the city. At this time last year I broke my ankle and I couldn't do anything and I vow this year every day before Christmas I'll be in. touch with what's happening in Cork C103 
until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to That's the band Pentatonics and they have no instruments. Everything you heard there was done by voice and they've been around for the last few years picked up on last year great version there of Coming Manuel by them and can I say hi happy Christmas Margaret Collins in the square to Manway thanks for your message Margaret and also hello to Dr Orna O'Toole and the ICU staff at the Mercy Hospital and that's coming in from the Green family in Blarney wishing everybody there a very happy Christmas and that's nearly it from us on this Christmas Eve and Nick Richards is along next Martha and uh, Dry Time of course from 4 as well. Great Christmas programming across Christmas here at C103. John Green with you tomorrow with a Christmas edition of Irish Sunday and a lot of Christmas carols tomorrow with John. We'll leave you as we do each and every Christmas Eve with Emer Quinn singing Oh Holy Night which he sang here live in the studio a number of years ago. So have a great Christmas. Enjoy it with your family and friends. We're back on Wednesday the 2nd of January 2019. For myself John Paul McNamara, take care. Merry Christmas. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Saviour's birth Long lay 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.